0: Year or so, we've had a number of conversations around the polarity that's happening in our society. Different things, different issues that we've looked at. Um, But uh, I suppose the question that we want to pose today is: How do we get back? How do we come back from that? What's the way back? Hmm. So, John, I just start to.
1: Yep, certainly. So, um, you know, I was I was listening to a. Uh, either it was a talk or an audio book by uh, the American, I think she's a psychologist called Brené Brown. Oh, yeah. And she was talking about men and women in the sort of post-feminist era. And she asked the question, having discovered what we've discovered and had the conversation and created the positions we've created, how then do men and women find their way back to each other? How do we find our way back? A big question And I just think that is such a weighty question, because it's, the, the, the men and women angle is a huge one. But there's also intergenerational angles, uh, interracial angles, um, and there are big sort of political and worldview angles on this. We've never lived in such a it feels well, I've never lived in such a polarized. Time. I mean, it, it feels like it feels like on, on almost any issue, um, we've never been quite so divided and polarized. So you've got men against women, young against old, conservative against liberal. Recently, here in the United Kingdom, we had the whole Brexiteer against Remainer uh, thing, and people really lost, uh, you know, lost it with each other over that. And you know, families and friends have been split up over these issues. Uh, in America, they've got the um, whole uh, "Make America Great" against against the anti-Trumper sort of polarities over there, and and gun ownership, um, you know, pro-gun against anti-gun, and pro-abortion against anti-abortion. Some really strong um, polarizing issues there. Um, and then there's the whole COVID thing, and uh, people being pro-vaccine or pro-masks, and anti-vaxxers, and it's just become so polarised, hasn't it? And I just, I, as Christians, and I think um, Paul says somewhere in the New Testament, he says, you know, uh, we have a ministry of reconciliation. Right. But, but even you don't need that Paul that verse from Paul. It's simply that question that Brenny Brown asked. It just thought, wow, that's a powerful question. Mm. How do we find our way back? Because today we're polarised yeah. and we seem to um, push ourselves apart from each other with great ease. You know, We have no difficulty in breaking up relationships, breaking up trust and cohesion, in alienating one another. I mean, someone gets online, writes a post on Twitter or some other social media and within seconds someone's on there ranting against them and then someone else rants back and the whole thing. It's become ugly and amplified. Perhaps social media uh, is part of that. Maybe, you know, maybe or certainly it is because it's created a, a, a an immediate sort of um, town square um, <clears throat> forum where people can just weigh in against ideas rather than what they think of people. But then we end, end up those people who hold the different ideas and views become the enemy in a way which in the past maybe they weren't. In you know, in the past. Well, few years we've had the part of the problem racial... with, sorry, just to
0: interrupt there. The, the part of the problem with the social media thing it's it's anonymous as well, right? Exactly. So yeah. so so, yeah. so you could say something to somebody and never have to face them with yeah. that. Yes, yeah, so You're so, not
1: accountable or responsible for is it, is it? And
0: whereas when it's face to face you at least <laughs> have that, you know that person in front of you. So so that that's that I think that's made it slightly more um, aggressive.
1: It has. Yeah. And then we've obviously in America in recent um, years, because of the whole uh, George Floyd episode, uh, racism has been stirred up as a massive new issue. Right now in the UK, there's lots of issues around uh, discussions and polarity around trans and, and and what's the nature and identity of women mm-hmm. and men and, and, and genders and all this sort of stuff. <clears throat> it's just a polarising toxic soup out there. And most people... It seems to me as I was shutting up and keeping their heads down and getting on with life and trying to avoid coming into conflict with people. Uh, and maybe there's wisdom in that, but <clears throat> that doesn't solve things. And I, I, I just want us to ask, and even put the question, I suspect we're not going to get anywhere near um, addressing or answering this today. But I just want to put the question on the table. How do we find our way back to one another? well
0: <laughs> it, i mean it is a huge question and and you're right i think that you know just to the listeners that we we're opening up this question because we feel it needs to be tabled yeah rather than we've got the answers you mm-hmm. know even as we've talked about it whether we should do it or not today yeah, yeah. right we we, we could initially, we, we're like, should we? Should we? Yeah. you know, you're like, yes, yeah, so I think we should. I'm going, well, I'm not sure we're ready for
1: that. No, I don't, I don't um, think we are ready, but I think but the question has to be. That's what I was just going to say
0: is that, you know, certainly I don't feel ready to answer this question, yeah. but just tabling it, mm. I think, just helps the discussion to start mm-hmm. again you know, yep. and for us to start to think about it and perhaps think about it in a different kind of way as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, j- again, just hooking back to some of the things that we've already talked mm-hmm. about. Um, I think that I, cause we haven't decided yet, <laughs> but, but I think that probably the uh, redemptive mind building of a redemptive mindset will mm-hmm. go out before this one. Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't, it will come after it anyway, yeah. but that helps us to an extent yep. to start to think differently about it. Mm. But this, in a sense, it's an application about how do we do that, yeah, yeah, as yeah. well, you know. Yeah. So, so I think it's 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 very timely, isn't it? Yeah,
1: I, I, I just at a human level, I just don't see us, um, I don't see this one going quickly. I think this polarity polarization is here to stay for a long time unless we do something about it. Yeah. And even if we do do something about it, so you should never say do do. So having set that stall out what do let, let's just come back and break this down and, and go through first principles what's most important here in in all that we know in all we know of god mm. and what he's done in creating people what's most important
0: well you know we come back to this all the time right so the most important thing is is that we engage with jesus in it, with yep. the person and I think also we look to well, what was his example? It's not like he didn't live in turbulent times, mm. uh, but he refuses to be um, in all the political upheaval that he has. He refuses to be defined by it. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah. so and so so it's really interesting. And actually, it's not that people didn't try. It. Yeah. Even his own disciples. Yeah. When are you going to bring in the kingdom? You know, yeah. the Jews were looking to him for this. Yeah. You know and then he goes to Pilate, and Pilate tries to make him the king of the Jews. Do you know me? Well, yeah, he, and he he refuses to be defined by that yeah. because he has a better way, yep. right? yeah, right. And yeah. I think we see some of that with um uh the Mount uh the Mount of Olives uh dissertation, yeah. you know, where, where blessed are those who you j- yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just think we see some of those things there. So the first thing <clears> is that we get. We don't allow ourselves to be defined by a political upheaval, yeah, yeah. and part of the part of the, the the challenge for us is is that we therefore don't uh, we don't allow our theology to be shaped by our politics or our ideology or the ideology of the world around us mm-hmm. or the upheaval. We don't allow that. We al- mm-hmm. we treat it the other way around, where we allow Jesus. And his theology to yep. shape those things for
1: us, right, right, and our attitudes to people. Yeah, yeah. And there's wisdom and complexity in that because following Jesus does mean real-world decisions. Yeah, and and you know this isn't some ivory tower, um, esoteric, detached nonsense. Jesus was very much um, feet on the ground, hands connected with what's going on, wasn't he? But back to Jesus though, he he lived in the first century uh Israel, Palestine, under Roman rule, uh as part of a Jewish nation who were subjected by the Romans. Uh you had uh, a royal family there who were sort of approved by the Caesars, but then you had the zealots factions who wanted to see all of that overthrown, the Romans thrown out and the and, and those um kings' and royal families thrown out as well. You, you had the pharisees you had the sadducees so you had the religious polarity um and you had the essenes the sect of radical um you've got the um the, the greek philosoph- philosophical streams of thought going through uh all that society is not far away and these people are traveling all the time so it that was a place where there was cultural upheaval in many ways wasn't it um mm. Uh, Romans were putting people to death. Um, the Zealots were, you know, going for a war with Rome, which eventually they precipitate in, in, in later years. Um, you've got the Pharisees wanting to stone people who do the wrong stuff. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Jesus lived in a, a, quite a polarized space,
0: and also that you know, the, 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 and we forget this: the, the religious they, wanting him to be separate from all of that, not to mm. speak to those yeah. those those things you know it, it, all of that's involved
1: yeah yeah so what we're saying is first thing he's has experience of this and is sure-footed in it so he knows what he's doing okay good so then the second thing is what does what does finding our way back to each other mean or what might it mean um why does that seem to have some power about it um what, what, what's your thoughts what what do you think that might mean well, I think. Well, what does it? What does it not mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, pro- that's probably easier. <laughs> than yeah. what it does you know? But but I don't want to start there because you know it's never good to mm. try and do the the negatives, right? Yeah. Because yep. we probably can all talk about the negatives anyway. You know, obviously, Jesus does talk about our, us having the ministry of reconciliation. Mm. Right now, the Pharisees would have said, mm. probably. <laughs> Well, that's all about reconciliation between man and God.
1: Yeah,
0: right. Which is what a lot of our our church context would say. But you know, when we talk about ministry of reconciliation, we're talking about how do we reconcile man to God? And of Hmm. course, that's that's true. That Hmm. that that's an important part of the ministry of reconciliation. Hmm. But it's not the only part of the ministry of reconciliation. So there is also the horizontal aspect Hmm. of that. Right? Is that if if. Um, if you if you can't love these people, then how can you love God? If you love God, then you will love these yeah, people, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's, there's that aspect. So reconciliation is a really important part of what we do. So yeah. how do we, one, reconcile ourselves to yeah. other people, but then how also do we help others to reconcile yeah. to each other?
1: Yeah, very good.
0: And that's a really important aspect. Yeah. So I suppose one of the first things is, well, what what would our definition of reconciliation be
1: yeah. in terms of that? Yeah, and because it, out of you. It, <laughs> well, I mean, what, what yeah. we've already said is, look, let's let's put um, <clears throat> a political thing on the table: Brexiteer versus Remainer in the UK. That was quite a hot, thorny issue, which, if anyone was watching the news, saw it kind of went to the heart of the constitution and almost crippled a government for three or four years, and it's, it's a massive. it's still working its way out and it it will take decades probably to fully process out but it caused people to really alienate from each other because it took strong views so when we talk reconciliation we're not talking about coming to agreement on the politics let's put that clear people can still hold different views and perspectives but what it does mean is that we have to the the distancing and the um the alienation has got to be addressed And I I think the first thing is, and and this isn't a particularly Christian thing, it's something we've learned through politics generally, although I think, no doubt, the spirit of God's behind it, is you you recognise the humanity in each other. That just because someone holds a different view to you, they are not a monster. You may hate the idea, but actually the person is as loved and valued and honoured by God as he loves and values and honors you he's those purposes are of equal importance to god and jesus loved god so loved the world so jesus came to get involved and roll his sleeves up and get involved in um in the mess of of of, of a divided and polarized humanity to show the goodness and love of god so first thing is to see the humanity in each other and recognize that And stop and say this is not you know I'm not looking at a Brexiteer over there in that chair or I'm not looking at a um, you know a a Trump voter in that chair or I'm not looking at a pro-abortionist or a pro-gun person whatever the, the issue may be the person I'm looking at in this chair here is someone that God created and he loves dearly and Jesus came to redeem and to not just to redeem and put right with God But also to reveal himself in and to reveal himself through, and has an eternal purpose and destiny. And therefore, I make a decision. I will not allow any political issue or agenda to come in the way of something of a much higher order. And I think where we've, you know, perhaps where we've um, allowed things to go wrong is when we've crossed that line and we've said the political issue or a racial issue or a um a gender issue is more important than recognizing and valuing your humanity how's that for a starter that sounds great Uh, yeah uh, so so that's the first thing i think the second thing is i have an obligation towards all human beings to represent god to them To manifest God. So we talked about the fruit of the spirit. So on a daily basis, I I need to allow the love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, patience, self-control of God to be the thing that transforms me. As I look at that, that transforms me. And I need to show up in the life of those who I who I may hold opposing or different views, not as somebody who's self righteously correct and, and and more self-esteem than you and all those divisive things no i have got to show up as love as joy as peace in your life hmm. yeah. and i've got to subordinate all those other things yeah. to that yeah um so i need to serve you i need to lay my life down for you in fact jesus gives us real you know you know um if you don't forgive one another, you won't be forgiven. <laughs> it's basically, um, you know, and lay your lives down for one another, serve one another, wash each other's feet and care for one another, meet each other's needs. And Jesus gives us so much here, doesn't he? Yeah. So we've just got to park the political agendas. And isn't it is interesting, actually, just thinking about it as we're talking, we, we did say we haven't got the answers to this, but I'm just thinking this as we're talking, is that a lot of the divisiveness has come because it's been focused on issues, whatever the issues are. And all those issues require wisdom, Let's be clear. These are not simple things. However, the those issues are the kinds of things that get um, transmitted through media, through social media, through um, alliances, or seeing yourself identifying with a particular group or view. But in Christ, we need to recognise... Recon- recognize ourselves my identity is in him and in christ there is no jew or greek no male or female right so we don't get a dividing identity in christ we get a unifying all things are brought together in a head in the head they find find their unity in the head so um if jesus came to lay his life down for his enemies do good to those who spitefully use you mistreat you yeah if jesus did that well, then I've got to walk that out. So, first of all, I recognise your humanity. And secondly, I need to start showing up yeah. in your life, not as the opponent, but as a representative, an ambassador of God, not by an ambassador by name or job, yeah. but an ambassador because I actually I manifest like him.
0: Mm. Absolutely, yeah. And <laughs> I think that that's the, the whole aspect of it, is that... Is that um, We are to be Jesus to other people, right? Yeah. The representation of him upon the earth right now, right? And it's so, so, um, and what I I find interesting, this isn't always true, but I I do find it probably more than 60, 70% true, that when you're faced with the person, it's more difficult to just rant on about the thing. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So, so it, so as soon as you're faced with a particular issue this is i think this is particularly true of christians you know we we hold very strong views on certain things until we are faced with a person that is in struggling in that area yeah yeah Yeah. does that make sense so i think that i and i just think that that's partly because we are there's something in us that wants to recognize humanity and wants to humanize people because that's what we should do rather than dehumanize them and therefore, learning how to do that is really important mm. in terms of that. You know, and I was just thinking that, you know, I love Ephesians chapter 2 for mm. all of this because it, it hits so many of those kinds mm. of wonderful, wonder, one of those truths. You know, the the dividing wall has been taken yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but even before that, it, it talks about um, even though we were objects of God's wrath, mm. Because of his great love and mercy, he chose to mm. put aside that and send his son, mm. right? It's not, <laughs> even though we're caught in all of this stuff, even though we, you know, we, yeah, we're, yeah. we are a huge offense to him, actually. You know, our, our, our sinfulness is an offense to God, mm. but he chooses to mm. come into the place of that offense, he chooses to do that. Yeah, come on, it's good. Right, this is good. Yeah, he very chooses good. to do it. Yeah, God chose to send His Son. Yeah, into the very offense, mm. and not just to be there, not just to bring a message, but to live among mm. us. I, it's the what come back to the John one thing I've been living in, you know. The word was with God, <laughs> you know. Or, or it's, a, it's a wonderfully mystical passage, that yeah, John yeah, one, yeah. right? But I, I love some of the translations. You know that um, he chose to become on to enter our neighbourhood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He chose to live in our neighbourhood. He chose to pitch his yeah, yeah, tent yeah, yeah. amongst us, right? Yeah. But he's not pitching his tent in a nice field. He's yeah. pitching in the middle of a pigsty. Yeah, it stinks. Yeah, it's sin and. Uh, you know, uh, some, that, yeah. an uh, offence to him. But he chose to do that in order that he could bring reconciliation.
1: Yeah, I love that. Right? So uh, yeah, we
0: have yeah, to choose okay. to go and yeah. pitch our tent in the middle of the offence. Yeah. And love them and be kind to them and speak nicely yeah, to really, them. Yeah, really good. Right? Rather. Yeah. That, for me, that's what, that's what the ministry of reconciliation yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. It's not bringing people to agreement. Yeah. It's bringing people to be able to accept each other for who they are and what they believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And hopefully, as we interact and engage with each other, yeah. we both change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Now, obviously, when God did that, He didn't change. <laughs> what would
1: you? Yeah. It's
0: different... <laughs> right. But but yeah. but we we know any of us who think we've got it all right and we know all the answer. Well, I'm sorry, you're deluded.
1: Oh, brilliant. This is this is right? good. This that's is really du- good. Yeah. That's delusion for me. Yeah. Right.
0: Mm. There is always something I can learn from the other. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to have that. That that's my mindset coming yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. My mindset coming in is what can I learn? Yeah. How do I hear what that person
1: is saying? Yeah. And these are choices. Let's be clear. Uh, exactly. It's that yes. person's not going to offer this to you. No. It's I just choose to show up as yeah. Jesus would show up yeah. and I choose to humble myself yeah. and look for in yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we discussed this in the uh, redemption mindset in a, in every culture there is something redeemable yeah. and there's in every human being there is something of the image of God and something of the wisdom of God and something of a backstory of a life lived and there's value there to be seen and connected with. Doesn't matter what religion, what culture, what lifestyle, what choices people have made. There is still some, you know, a pearl in that field. Exactly. And we have to see that, and sell a lot. To, to get to, 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 to get that, yeah. yeah. And I just think that the John one verse, chapter, John chapter one, just those two lines. I've not seen them put together like that before. It's like, He dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Yeah. Those lines sit together, yeah. don't they? Yeah. He dwelt among us. He came into this stink, into this filth, and we beheld his glory. So the call on us is to show up in this stink, but manifesting his goodness.
0: Ooh. And, and that—that's the wonderful thing, you know—is that because I, I just love this. You know, it's—it's it's like when we choose to be kind to someone, uh-huh. Jesus enters the room. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. His glory comes. Very good. Yes. Right. So yeah. when we choose to be patient with someone, mm. his glory comes. When we choose to hear someone mm. and for them to know that they are heard without being corrected, they are heard. Because mm. right? often we want to hear people to correct them. That's called listening. Yeah, we, we, we jump in with our better That's, view. Yeah. We, we're even listening yeah. in order to answer. Yeah. Not listening to understand. Yeah. Now, my, un- my, my understanding of hearing someone is to, I am listening to understand them. Right? Mm. Yeah. I am not listening to answer them. Mm. I am listening to understand them right. so that they feel they are heard. Mm. If they ask me to argue back what they've just argued, I could argue it back
1: yeah.
0: as forcefully as they have given it because yeah. I have heard them. And I've allowed that to affect me, Yeah. right? Now, I might still say, well, actually, no, I I don't agree with that. (laughs) But I haven't gone in trying to correct them. Hmm. I've gone in to hear them and understand them. And reconciliation is about helping people to understand Hmm. each other, even if they continue to disagree. But at least they can understand honor and respect each mm. other mm.
1: in the midst of the argument Yeah, that's, that's, this is so good so actually what we could be saying here is the very polarising world that we live in the very sourness of it yeah. is the very thing that invites the sweetness of Jesus to be revealed yeah Actually, they, if we see this right, it is not for us to weigh in and beat the opposition to a pulp to bring a peace. Because that was what the, the thing of Rome did. Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, was I just crush my enemies and put my standard up and then he, now you've he got the peace of Rome. But the peace that Jesus brings is he goes to the cross and he lays his life down. And he is the prince of peace and of the increase of his government and peace. There'll be no end So as we go in, instead of crushing people with our right view, we recognise their humanity, we honour them, we love them, we serve them, we show them kindness, we lay our lives down for one another. Then actually, that allows God to bring a peace and a goodness that may not have come had that polarity not Not existed. Here's my honest belief. You cannot have peace without conflict.
0: Unpack that. In other words, Peace comes by you exposing each other to what you believe. Right. So that's conflict, right? Yeah. If, if they are opposite or disagreeing mm. with Yeah. Okay. Unless that happens, there is no real peace.
1: So there's got to be an honest recognition of difference. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And
0: there might be a change to a different way, or there might be a tolerance of each other yeah. that brings peace. Yeah. Right. And again, the you know words like tolerance—it's not a compromise, is it? No, it's it's well, it's not a wrong compromise. Yeah, do you yeah. know what, yeah, you yeah. what I mean? Because sometimes we have to compromise. Yes, we do yeah. have to compromise to to live in yeah. the world together. Yeah. But but the reality is, is that it's not a wrong compromise. It's not it's not an an ethical compromise. It's not going against your your core beliefs, mm. or what you, do you know what I mean? The, yeah. the, the, for me those, the, and again, that's probably something we should unpack more, perhaps yeah. we'll do that in another, another podcast. Yeah. Look at compromise and tolerance and what they really mean. But to tolerate one another isn't to agree. The problem is, is that when people talk about tolerating, though, what they normally mean is you have to come to agreement with me yeah. and not disagree with my behavior yes, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well that's not, that's not tolerance, yeah. actually. You mean that's that's coming to agreement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Tolerance is when you can live with each other and not hit each other, not be. I don't Mm -hmm. want to say hit. I'm not even talking about physical. I'm talking about verbally beat one another up. That's tolerance, where we respect each other's point of view. You know, um, where we, you know, sometimes it's difficult to respect someone's point of view when it's so opposite to ours.
1: Mm
0: Right. But, yeah, but yeah. we have to work at that. I, I think that's something we have to work yeah. at. So I think there's, there's a whole aspect here of, uh, you know, we're probably not unpacking this enough for, for people <laughs> right now. But, but, but there's, a, there, there's something around that that we have to get to, I think, yeah. if we're going to see reconciliation.
1: Well, let, let's be clear. Um, on a political basis, <laughs> you know, in, in the Britain, the whole country is not going to end up voting for one party. No. And if it did, you'd be worried yeah so there will be difference and between men and women we're always going to see the world differently and between young and old we're always going to see the world differently so and because of our backstories and our values and our family and our experience in life and maybe our position in life and the job we've held and and the way we've seen the world and what we've seen and what we haven't seen we're going to end up with a different set of values and priorities which would cause us to respond to any different situation in different ways and so it's poss- is it possible to be a christian and to be pro-gun and a christian to be anti-gun yeah possibly i, I, I don't want to weigh in on either of those because i know that death lies either side of that question it's but i mean that's the whole point is the, nat- the nature of these issues these things divide us but we've got to choose to allow them not to divide us yes, exactly. and, and to the person has a view which i don't i, I don't share and maybe I don't understand or I, I, I don't value and I, I, I'm very concerned by that view however nonetheless I will lay that, my life down for that person and they will have no less of God from me mm. and that that's on polarising issues isn't it yeah. there is a way back yeah and obviously you know Jesus laid down his life
0: for the whole world mm. right so he did lay down his life for the whole world yes yeah even those who are polarized with him. Hmm. <laughs> that's to me that's mind-boggling. Hmm. That that's that that's a that's a mystery to me. Yeah. I I I I I want to just say yeah I don't fully understand that but if I'm going to be true to scripture Jesus laid down his life for those that would be polarized against him. Yeah. Therefore I shouldn't be afraid to lay down my life for 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 my enemy. Yeah. You know, I I'm, I'm to love my enemy. Jesus, that's a clear command, right? Well, yeah. what does that actually mean? Well, it also talks about loving as Jesus loved us. Well, how did Jesus love? He laid down his life. Yeah. for us. You know, so I what well, I I I don't want to take that too far. Do you know, I, I'm not a universalist, by the way. You know, I <laughs> I do believe we have there's there's choices around all of this. Yes. but yeah. but what I'm saying is is that in its very core, Jesus was willing to lay down his life. For those who were the objects of, the, of his father's wrath, mm. yeah, right. That's, that's the scripture we read earlier no. on. So, so I just think that that's important. The other, the other aspect to to hear is that is because this is about attitudes, right? It's about willing, being willing to change. Mm. You know, so when it says in um, in Hebrews, I think it's either Hebrews or James, submit to your leaders, right? That isn't subservience, no. Right, the the actual Greek word there means to be willing to be persuaded. So when I go into these situations, I need to be going with a willingness to be persuaded.
1: Right, that's interesting, yeah.
0: That's my attitude. Mm. In my willingness to be persuaded, if we both come in with that Mm. willingness to be persuaded, here's what will normally happen. Creativity will happen Mm. and we'll come out with a solution that is not mine or yours. Mm.
1: It is ours. Yeah, ours. Ooh, that's a good point. Right? Yeah.
0: So so then that's when we find oneness and agreement. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. But even if we don't, we still have to live with that attitude mm. of, of wanting to serve the other, wanting to love the other, mm. wanting to bring kindness to the other, wanting to bring Jesus to the other. Mm. You know, so... And I, this is not wishy-washy kind of stuff as well. Sometimes, you know, being kind to someone is telling them the truth.
1: It is, and also, being kind and loving usually costs. Yeah. It's going to cost you. So um I, I just want to put another thing on the table here while we're just yeah. having a discussion, before, the, before we wrap this one up. Um And i got to say, this conversation, I found it really helpful, actually, <laughs> because I think my takeaway from the discussion we've had already shows me this. That while I look at the world and, and what I see in, in the news and the media and so on, and I I find I find myself grieved by it, It's just feels so hostile, so polarised and so aggressive. And yet, actually, maybe this is one of the greatest opportunities for the goodness and kindness and love of God in his people to be expressed in the earth. Yeah. It, it may be one of the best opportunities that we've never realised we had. Yeah. It's my takeaway from this comment, this discussion. <laughs> just one other thing. Is, 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 I think we just have to be clear about who our enemy is. Yeah. <clears throat> if if you hold one view and I hold an opposing view, <clears throat> and we end up alienated from one another, hostile towards one another, and I see well, that guy's an idiot, and he, yes. you he say the same about me, and we're alienated. In, in terms of what we know about the kingdom of heaven, in this earth is the real winner not the winner that the the, the real opponent wasn't you or me Mm. it was that which came against us you know we have an outside opponent that's that's the enemy that's where now that enemy has been defeated by jesus okay so but we've just empowered it by going along with it somehow and instead of seeing you through jesus eyes i've seen you through somebody else's eyes and because i've seen you through somebody else's eyes i've reduced you you're no longer human you're subhuman and i've dehumanized you and and maybe i've turned you into a monster Mm. a figure of hate Uh, i mean think think about this think you don't have i'm not going to put any names here, but just you don't have to think too hard about names in the media <laughs> that are genuine figures of loathing and hate and vilification. and But these are human beings all created in the image of God. Yeah, exactly. And so if we see each other the way the world sees them, we've actually just succumbed to our enemy and our enemy's got one over on us. Yeah. Now, for Christians particularly if we see an issue like abortion pro or anti and we look at those other people and we get suckered by the enemy into being to dehumanizing them and seeing them as something that they are not in jesus christ mm-hmm. yeah that's where we have to be incredibly careful that particularly that because mm-hmm. it's more important that the person on the other side of the argument whichever that side of the argument is sees jesus in us not just a righteous religious person now subsequent to that there are real issues with real pain and real suffering and real grief but they require real wisdom and real grace and a real i think god has answers for a lot of these difficult issues that do polarize us but we don't get to look into that treasure box until we see each other through his eyes
0: and we see it ourselves through his eyes as well. So, 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 yeah. On, you know, yeah, both yeah. of those areas, yeah. I think is, it's, you know, the problem is is that often we characterize people as totally good mm. or totally bad. Mm. You know, so they've never, and I, I often hear if well, I'm also looking for this kind of language. They never, they Very always. Good,
1: yes. mm.
0: Well, I'm, that's not normally true. There are Mm. very few people that have walked the earth that have been totally bad. Mm. I've done nothing right. Mm. Now, you see, as soon as we get into that never, always, only, Mm. (laughs) you know, we immediately train our minds to think about that person in a way that dehumanizes them. Yes, yeah. And we have to work really hard at not doing that, I think, Mm. not using those words, not, you know, so. so Very good, yeah. so I just think that that's that's a that's a whole other aspect um, of, of where, where we go with this. I think the other the other thing, you know, just in in terms of try perhaps wrapping some of this up as well, Ral, is that I think we have to be really careful about where we get our information from as well, hmm. right, and what we listen to and what we feed our minds with. Hmm. So I have times when I just fast from the news because it's hmm. just so. It's so depressing mm,
1: mm.
0: that I just, I just think I just need to detox from it. You know, um, if we only one, if we only watch one type of news, mm. I think we're in trouble. I'm, mm. I, 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 you know, so so like when I'm in the, when I'm in the states, if I only watch Fox News, mm-hmm. then I get one perspective. So I force myself to watch. Fox News and NBC and, you know, the the other, I can't think what the name, you know, the, the other ones. Most of the places I go to stay, they have Fox News on. So, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> but, and it's not forcing myself, I, I have made a political statement there, yeah, yeah. because actually you would know where I stood. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not saying I have to force myself to watch other than Fox News, like what I'm saying is I have to force myself to watch both sides. Yeah. Because then I can get something in the middle sometimes. Yeah, you know? yeah. But what I'm saying is is that we just feel filling ourselves with the ne- negative stories. If yeah. we don't ever challenge that perspective, mm. we're in trouble. I, I that's my own personal mm. view. Yeah. When I'm looking at an argument, I always try to look at both sides. Mm. And I try to read comprehensively or listen to comprehensively both sides. Very good, very good, yeah. Because it's that's an important Principle for us. Yeah. The
1: other,
0: the other thing I would say is this: is that we have to look for common ground. I think that's another just another principle. If you know you're at loggerheads with someone, look for common
1: ground. Right. Look it out and search it. And see it.
0: Yeah, it. Yeah. Search it out. Find common ground somewhere. I'm telling you, there are very few people on the earth that you've got no common ground with. Right. I'm, not, I'm not necessarily talking common ground on the issue. Yeah. But common ground where you can start to see them as a human being. You know,
1: sometimes... And agree with them. Exactly.
0: It's really, sometimes when I, you know, when I'm at loggerheads with somebody, I'll start to change the subject a little bit, ask them what what football team they they support. (laughs) Try and find something that I can find common. I, I like, they find out they like cooking or they like food or... They, they're obsessed mm. with bikes or yeah, I yeah. mean, but try and find something that I can find some common ground mm. or at least where I could be neutral
1: yeah, <laughs> on yeah, yeah. it.
0: So that that person then becomes a real person mm. rather than somebody who holds these views. Yeah, yeah very good. Right? So those are really important issues I think yeah. uh, in terms of that. And um, when I was in the States uh, in January, uh, the couple I was staying with, I used to come back ho- uh, home at night after being out all day doing meetings and stuff. And we used to watch a film every night together, or most nights. Mm. <laughs> and what we just watched loads of Amish films, right? Film, films about the Amish, right? A fasc- it was fascinating to me because I'd never really seen the culture, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there was one particular film which is a true, based on a true story, where a guy had um, killed. Um, I can't remember now, uh, seven or eight children in an Amish school, gone to oh, shock wow. them. Oh
1: gosh.
0: And it was just really, fat, really heart-wrenching, you know. Mm. But then the story told, that the, the, one of the guys, fa- one of the fathers of the guy, the elders approached him and said, we need to go and visit the family of the father who's murdered your children.
1: Wow. Well,
0: wow. and we're not talking days after; we're talking like an hour after, or something. You know, it's like oh, a couple of hours after. Wow. So the guy, the guy who killed the children, and then killed himself. But obviously, the family are being vilified. They had nothing to do with this mm. anyway. So you then get this scene of this father with the elders going past all the news things, past the police, into the house, mm. sitting down and saying, we do not hold you responsible for this. God, and absolutely. we want you to know that we forgive your husband. Mm.
1: Even now I'm tearing up. Like, it, was, it was incredible. That's an incredible choice and thing to say in right? day, isn't it?
0: Now, what was interesting though is that the rest of the film was all about that, but also about this guy's wife who really, really struggled mm. with forgiving and being in the same room as mm. as this fa- as this family, and him trying to lead his wife in that aspect, and mm. her struggling with that, and you know the thing that really made the difference was when she met mm. the other people. Mm. So. <laughs> Because it was, it was, and she talked about the destructive nature of the anger she was holding on. She she mm-hmm. talked about it afterwards, mm-hmm. you know. And then the film finishes with this: uh they're burying the guy that had killed the the children. Gosh, yeah. and the only people around the around the thing mm-hmm. were the minister, the wife, the children. His children he had two children, mm-hmm. and the the parents, mm-hmm. and then over the hill Mm. come the whole of the amish community wow wow. and stand around that Mm. thing as a sign of forgiveness and unity
1: (laughs) that's stunning (laughs) but
0: when we see other people as people yeah not as what they have done yeah or what they believe yeah or what they how they live Mm. We see them as people. It brings us to a point where we can find Jesus in the midst of that and know that Jesus
1: would do the same yeah. thing. And then the the situation could turn into something transcendent Descentive. that's beyond anything anyone could have
0: Which that yeah. that story does if you if you if you yeah. look at it, you know, some of the things that happened out of that were incredible.
1: So Wow. Okay, just to wrap up then, that's great. So first of all, we live in a very polarised world right now. Secondly, we believe Jesus got a point of view on that. Yeah. Thirdly, we've got a responsibility to bring reconciliation and a, and a way back. Yeah. Fourthly, the answers aren't going to be easy or simple. It, it rests around seeing the human in each other and the best in each other, finding common ground and allowing Jesus to manifest through us. And, and But it's going to take a long time, isn't it? I'm really glad we unpacked this because yeah, I, I, I say I'm more hopeful because I think actually you know, it's, it's almost like the darker the issue, the brighter the light, good, goodness yeah. of God shines, isn't it?
0: Well, I love that scripture. You know, we've, been, we've done lots of scriptures. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> but, you know. It's like a whole Arise, Bible. shine, for your light <laughs> has come. The yeah. glory of the Lord yeah. is upon you. Yeah. Great darkness covers the earth and great darkness the people, yeah. but your light arises yeah, I, I, in the midst of the gross darkness, yeah. the light shines brighter. That's why, right, that's right. wonderful, good way to finish. So, Raul, what's inspiring you?
1: It's um, a person who has inspired. Um, unfortunately, they died uh, very recently. This is the guitarist Jeff Beck. Now, Jeff Beck was a guitarist who emerged in the mid '60s. He played in the Yardbirds, and the Yardbirds was a band where Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, who went on to Led Zeppelin, and Jeff Beck all came through. Yeah, right. Uh, so it, it was a, really, a hotbed of some of the, you know, the great guitarists of of, of the sixties and seventies. And the thing about Jeff Beck was, he is in a category for me. Uh, just disclosure here, I play guitar, <laughs> but he's in a category. <laughs> You know, in football, there's good players and then along comes a George Best or a Pele and they've got their own language, their own, they, they 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 just have a different order of magnitude. They just completely yeah. transform the game for everybody. In guitar, Jimi Hendrix, Jeff Beck and Eddie Van Halen would sort of sit in those categories for me. They're just, just otherworldly. Um, they've got some inspiration that's just beyond... Um, what everybody else is doing. I think, yeah, there are famous stories about Eric Clapton being severely ticked, severely ticked off when um, Jimi Hendrix showed up in London. Just, just people's jaws open, you know. Um, but Jeff Beck, if, if, worth listening to on YouTube, a lot of live stuff. Yeah. He just turns the guitar into this, this incredible instrument that goes into different sounds and different ways of playing that nobody else yeah. can do or understands. And most guitarists look with just what is he doing there it's 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 just a superb talent um and he did this sort of uh, whole whole series at Ronnie scott's jazz club um and, and, and concerts and tours there and stuff and then the music is just surreal and beautiful and inspired and he died a few weeks ago and it's one of these things where you say we're just not going to see his like again no. um, but um there was this last little anecdote on him Alice Cooper, um, I mean, all the guitarists, like Brian May said Jeff Beck was the best. And Alice Cooper said in the in the 60s, they, they were all, um, someone asked him who was the best guitarist. He said, well, we were there once with Jeff Beck. He was holding his guitar up by the neck and he dropped it. So the neck fell through his fingers deliberately in a controlled way. And as it went down, he was playing these perfect triplets. He ended on a perfect note that was in harmony, with the one he'd started with. And everybody looked at him and think, what have you just done? Jeff Beck, absolute magic, a big horse, yeah, Brilliant.
0: Ridiculous you are. Like it, uh, Ridiculous. What can I say? Jerry, what are you doing?